I don't know that movie watching skills is a thing. Can you have skills in movie watching? You got to be able How to eat that? the popcorn, drink the drink, grab some M&Ms and make sure you're still focused on the scene. Nah, that's what that's the problem with movie <laughs> watchers. All that eating and drinking. That's a waste of time. It's a distraction. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. And Ian Anderson. Some shit. Do you ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie? We're here to answer that question for you. Each week, we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. We appreciate your help growing the podcast. Go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us and check out our website, whatsourverdict.com. Subscribe to our email list for exclusive content and updates. Today, we're reviewing Coming to America. It was released March 5th, 2021. It was written by Eddie Murphy and Barry Blaustein. It was directed by Craig Brewer. It stars Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, Jermaine Fowler, Kiki Lane, Cherie Headley, Leslie Jones, Nomzano Mbatha, Wesley Snipes, and Tracy Morgan. The African monarch Akeem learns he has a long-lost son in the United States and must return to America to meet this unexpected heir and build a relationship with his son. All right. Welcome to the review. I think we got a real battle on our hands here, ladies and gentlemen, if you've watched our spoiler-free at all. Ladies and gentlemen, JJ, before we started, if you watch our spoiler-free, was going to come up with examples of the rating discrepancies and try and slay me that I just was totally off-basis, off-kilter here. But And in fact, as we found from stone-cold research, JJ and I are pretty similar on all of our ratings except two movies, one of them being Artemis Fowl, terrible movie, and the other being Bill and Ted. And if you've listened to us before, you know like the next three things we reviewed, I just railed on Bill and Ted. So yeah. that's like, other than that, like JJ and I are pretty similar. So I feel like this is interesting because we don't give our audience this type of opinion very often. We're pretty much the same type of raider. It's true. We were very similar. I was hoping to have some a little bit more ammunition, but I don't need any more. I'm still waiting to hear what <laughs> what it was that made him not like this movie, especially because you, you, you claim so much to enjoy the first one. I did so, like the first one. Because I, I, let me just get this out of the way. To me, this is an appropriate extension to the first one. The only difference being the rating and that because there's no cursing. It wasn't even like it was like a sexualized movie. There was a little bit of nudity at the beginning with the bathers in the first one, the royal bathers, but there wasn't in this in this one, obviously. But there was language, which felt correct to me, given the setting and the, you know, Zeddy Murphy and whatnot. Anyway, so I to me that suffered. But as far as like a continuation of this movie, the themes of this movie were were similar to the first and to the point of an extension with an addition of Eddie Murphy's character, Akeem, falling into the trap of leaning into the tradition versus what he set out to do in the first one being change the traditions and update you know, Zamunda as a, as a place and allow women to not just be someone that they make hop around on one leg and bark like a dog because they can. So it's like one of those things where to me, the storylines fit together as an extension. It was a nice extension. I will give you that there were some over the top moments where they just took it a little too far with the comedy, but that's typical these days. So I could forgive a lot of it because it's a pretty common thing in most comedies, but it did have that fighting against it. But overall, I, I found some very nice tie-in humor and enjoyed the bringing back of all the characters that came back. And I really liked the story that they put together to, to show the growth of all these characters. And I laughed a lot during this movie. 
I did not laugh one time. I will, I will say I did get a kick out of Wesley Snipes' character. <laughs> out of all the, the movies, like, I'll definitely give you that one. Like, he made me laugh a little bit. Like, his entrance. We've got all these guys dancing around. He says something like, the inspiration for Mufasa or something like that. <laughs> Brings in Wesley Snipes. So that was probably, like, the one part that I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. That was entertaining. But... Yeah, I don't know. I maybe yeah. I need to go back and watch Coming to America the original because I just remember him being McDonald's and that was funny. I remember uh, what's Arsenio Hall's character's name? Simi. Simi. I remember Simi when he like he bought all this stuff for their apartment and Eddie Murphy's character is trying to bring this girl back and he's he's trying to be all poor. I've got nothing. And then Arsenio Hall's sitting in like this indoor hot tub with like a really nice TV and all this stuff. And he's like, What did you buy all this for? Get rid of it. Like like those I I just like the narrative of the first one because the kind of we we're super rich but we have to be poor type of story really made me laugh because they were they basically McDonald how do you say that the knockoff of McDonald's McDowell's 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 like the, those knockoffs in the first one were really funny to me but this time like it just really felt forced and they were trying to continue that but I really resonated with the first story of we're super rich but we're trying to be poor and we're trying to make it in America because the American dream is you come here when you're poor to get rich but they're already rich and they're going to get poor, but to find true love. Those jokes just landed more for me. And what was hard for me with this story is he's already rich and he's got to go get this kid from Brooklyn that to me, I don't know, I just, just didn't connect his and he brought him back and he's like, oh, I have all this money. I like the first story better. It just, the jokes landed there because going from rich to poor, just, it seemed funnier to me. And I really thought they were in their element. And I guess I just didn't like this interpretation of from the poor to rich and how they tried to make it seem that it was funny. It was a struggle because it didn't have to be a struggle at all. The kid, the kid had it made and all he had to do was just make it happen. But he had to find a moral high ground about finding true love and, and showing what that was and being his own king. But I don't go to a coming America two for moral advice. I, I go for trying to find jokes that land, but they just didn't really work for me. Yeah, see, and that's where I, I think that's my biggest disagreement with you, Matson, is that to me, it's a complete inverse of the first, right? You're not wrong. They go to America because Akeem wants to find love, not be handed a princess that'll just do whatever. Like, that's one of the funniest moments in the first movie is, and you see that that recall of that with Wesley Snipes' sister still jumping around like a dog on one leg and barking. And because that was who the original actress that played that character in the first one. And you do, you just see he just leaves her there and then they go to America. So he never told her to stop being that. So she's still that. And then on the inverse, they go to America. They, you know, he, he gives up his royalty in a way where he, he doesn't want to be known as a prince. He wants to find out what it's like to be a working man and to find true true love based on himself and that person, not his money and his title. But then on the flip side with this one, it's going and grabbing someone that's lived that life that he was trying to live to find love and has had to do things for himself and to pick himself up and hustle and do all that and then bring him into this situation where now he can have whatever he wants. And at first he's all about it, right? He Just like his dad and the, the royal bathers come in and he's stoked about it. He's got these three royal bathers, which was a nice callback too. He's like, oh yeah, we can definitely do that right and then there's the little barber girl gives him shit and i love that the message is still the same of yes i've moved i went from this situation that in theory should be better i can lean into being rich and having whatever i want and you know whoever i want based on the fact that i'm now a prince but instead i realized that the, the 
important thing is to find someone that's my equal, that's going to challenge me, that's, you know, we love each other because of who we are and both sides being willing to give up because the dad, the last question that Lisa asks Eddie Murphy in the first one is they're sitting in the car having the big banquet and the big parade. She's like, would you give up? Would you have really given all this up for me? And he asked, would you want me to? And she says, oh, hell no. Nah. And that's how it ends. Right. So this one, it's he was willing to give up everything that he got as a prince to be with and I can't. I shouldn't call her the barber lady. I can't remember her name though. So I'm gonna look it up. Like Marima or something. Marima. Yeah, Marimba for Marimba. So hearing you talk about the message like makes more sense why you enjoyed this movie. Again, this is coming from somebody who hasn't seen the first. Sure. But when I think about my experience watching it, I feel like the attempts at humor and comedy were so distracting from the plot and the storyline that that went right over my head. Like it didn't seem to fit with how the comedy was. I mean, we're going to talk about this one eventually, but like the whole foreskin thing was like so stupid, over the top, nasty. Like it was, <laughs> yeah, like like that was just too much for me. And so it has this message about like that true love, about kind of what you should really be looking for. And uh, as well as kind of these lines about equality, even with Mika, which I really liked Mika's character. I, I missed a lot of that just because I was so cringing through all this other stuff. Thank you. Hey, I admit, and I admit it in the in the spoiler free, there is some over the top moments. Now, I did giggle at the foreskin part because that shit cracked me up, especially when it turned out to be like some fingerling potato or some shit. And the kid's like freaking out. I giggled at that. But there were some over the top moments. Like I think like I love Tracy Morgan, but his character was a little out there for me. I don't I felt like he was unnecessary to the they tried to pair him up with with Simi because the whole, one of the best parts about the first one was that that companionship between Akeem and Simi. So then you had to have with the main character with Lavelle and the uncle Reem. So it was, yeah, I didn't love that. I, I thought Leslie Jones too, the guy's mom was a little too much. In, not for me, but I found her that that's true for her as an actress, in my opinion, like everything she's ever been in to me, she's been a little over the top. You put her in Aquafina in this in the same movie. I think I'll just walk out immediately. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, I mean, it was a little much, but I will say, like the part, the funeral part for King Joffer for Jaffe. Oh my God, dude, for James Earl Jones, and he's standing in his own a coffin, and they got uh, like all these famous people coming in and singing, and like he's standing there alive, and they got Morgan Freeman like narrating the funeral. Like that shit was great. Like I was laughing so hard, going, "This is so." I didn't even know what true. I was. To form. At that point, I was like, "What? What is this? Like, this is just a smorgasbord of artists that they wanted to sing on screen and have Morgan Freeman, aka the voice of God, make a cameo, and we're fitting it into that King is going to die." And I was like, "What? What is happening right now?" It just felt so disjointed. I think that's another theme for me that just they forced areas to connect when there could have been better transitions or better way to drive home the plot or something. I don't know. Granted, I was getting tired during that point because this movie sucked. Yeah. See. That part to me made sense because the king, Jaffe, was so over the top all the time. Like he was the epitome. Yeah. Uh, like in the first one, he comes in, he's always got the actual lion pelt on and he's just throwing money around and he's an asshole. And he's just like, that's completely his character. So with all the money they have to like bring in all these, like the famous of the famous to do all this shit at his funeral where he's actually alive. Like I was like, so fits with the character and just, I was giggling my ass off that whole scene made me laugh i wish so I, was I was like this is so full 
I would have been punching oh, you. Is is the uh, the old I don't know what to call him like the the guy that was cutting off the foreskin was he in the first one? I don't know actually. No, I don't think so. There was like a. I don't think he he wasn't as prevalent if he was in it. I don't remember there being like that guy, like the shit. I don't even know what he was called. Yeah, I was trying to. And there were a couple of actors where Simeon Akeem like played like in the barbershop. And oh, yeah. The past. Is that something they did in the first one? Yeah. So yeah. all of those characters that are in this one were in the first one and they were played by like this is like the first I think coming to America. The original one was the first one where Eddie Murphy started doing his multiple yeah, role thing Eddie that Murphy. he does. Because, oh. he, yeah, he he did that a lot throughout his career and i think coming to america was the first one and he and and uh arsenio hall played like 70 percent of the characters in the movie but i don't think that baba character was in it i'm looking to see it was like their twisted version of lion king like yeah baboon yeah no he was not a character in in the original in the original and so he was a little that one was a little weird because it was a new character and i didn't yeah, I didn't need him. All this movie did for me is wish that I could see Wesley Snipes fight again in Blade. It's <laughs> cool to see him do some choreographed fight. And I was like, why haven't we seen this since? Where has this been? Like, let's bring Cause him he, back. Because he hasn't paid his taxes. That's why. Dude got blackballed when he did when he's when he bailed on his taxes and got put in jail for like five years, and then he's lived on his little compound for the rest of the time. I did not know that. Yeah, Shame on you, Snipes. We miss you. So I guess he's out of it now. I guess. But the problem is, is nobody wants to hire him because he's a pain in the ass, apparently, too. So well, one other beef that I had is they have like the golden jet, right? Yeah. And Lavelle and his family, they kind of all head back to Queens. And then Eddie Murphy has kind of his like realization moment that he needs to go back and all that jazz. And he says like to get the jet ready and he flies back. And so I was yeah. really confused how they both use the same plane to get back to Queens. I actually agree completely with you, and I was a little disappointed for two reasons. One, because it would have been an even better tie-in to the original movie, because they sneak away in the first movie and they t they fly coach to New to Queen uh -huh. to New York from Zamunda, and like Simi is just pissed because they're flying coach, and Akeem's like just sitting there with this grin on his face, like loving every second of being poor. So he's they're flying coach, and I thought because they did he did he's like get the jet ready, and I'm like no 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 they took your jet, and I'm sure they had another yeah. one would have been the joke but it would have been hilarious if they would have done get the jet and simmy goes but your son took the jet and he'd have been like oh we're flying coach and then it shows him sitting flying coach oh that would have made me i was sitting there going yes they're gonna make him fly coach and then i was like oh they fucked it up because that was like i was like yeah. that would be great tie-in hearing that about the first one you they, they missed that one they should yeah they missed it big that. yep they missed that one big I also did, I did, and you brought up Ian Mika, his daughter, played by Kiki Lane, which we really enjoyed. I loved her, and it took me forever to figure out who that actress was. She's from the one with, uh, that was on Netflix with the in, immortal characters. Shit, what's that movie called? Old Guard. Yeah, the Old Guard. She was the, the new immortal character in the Old Guard. I haven't watched that. I need to watch that. 
Oh, so good. So yeah, I I really enjoyed like the whole because they added that storyline where you know here's this this nation that never gives women power and they're just objects, and so it was really cool to see. Like it really bothered me at first, like when he was you know you you introduce his daughters and then you're like oh shit they're still bitching and moaning about the fact that women are nothing in this culture, and then that was like it's so interesting because he wanted to change everything in the first movie. Like that was his big thing is I'm going to be a different king and I'm going to be, you know, we're going to change Zamunda. And so I thought it was pretty cool. That whole storyline too, how they tied that in for me. I just, I just thought it was such a good extension of the first one. If you can get past some of the over the top shit, which was there. I can see your, your point on that one. Mika was such more, such such a more serious character she felt kind of out of place like i really liked her character but every with all this other stuff going on it's like are you in the right movie because you're not doing anything like crazy comedic uh, to join the rest of them so i don't know so i i read that they cut some scenes for time because it's a two-hour movie but i heard they cut some scenes for time where she was messing with the brother with lavelle with like the lion thing Mm -hmm. like during some of his trial stuff like she would dick with him and so it showed kind of that less serious, little more jokey side. Uh, so I'm, I think it suffered for that. Like, I think there there should have been more of their interactions besides her just being a little bit petulant about him coming in. And But at the same time, like, I would have liked, because I did like their interaction with the lion where she helped him with the lion, like kind of talk him through it and figure it out and then supported him when, you know, what's his face was when Akeem was getting ready to go pull him out of the cage, right? I think that would have been better if there had been a little more action, interaction between those two. You could have removed some of the over-the-top shit that was there just for fan service like for people like me from the original film and added to their interaction and relationship and i think it would have maybe tied things up a little bit more for people and give you more of that connection that you're looking for with the two because she's a likable character and on on the surface he is too because he's he's just a reverse of akeem from the first one so i think if they could have built that relationship a little better because at the end they had one but i think they i I think i'd be interested to see some of that cut footage and what that could have added or, or changed the film with. Cause I think there was a miss there. Yeah. I, I didn't like it the that they kind of had their kumbaya guys, moment. What did you guys think of the CGI? I wasn't expecting to see oh. any in this movie. Yeah, I wasn't either. And I was disappointed. I hate Is CGI it, for the sake of CGI. What was the CGI in this movie? They even re- remind me, I'm trying to. The elephant and the lion. Which is it that much cheaper to get somebody to do the CGI than rather just like go find an elephant to walk through one scene? That's what I thought was interesting is that they would CGI that. Yeah, I to me, like the lion looked great for the most part. So I was surprised that the elephant didn't look as good. I mean, it didn't look terrible. I've seen much worse CGI, but yeah, to me, like an elephant, like you say that, Ian, and like I watch some things on YouTube and things like that. And there's people out there that have elephants, like full size elephants. I think it'd be easier to find an elephant that because they used real animals in the first one. So it's not like yeah. they had real elephant and things like that in the first one. So I was like, I don't know why you wouldn't just get it. But yeah, I was confused by some of the CGI choices because there was another CGI too, like where some animals were running across like a plane or something. And I was like, oh, that's CGI. Uh, yeah, like, like, uh, yeah, like the, the zebras or something. Or something like that. Yeah, it was something like that yeah. where the whole herd of them ran across. And I was like, why would you CGI that shit? There's got to be like some raw footage from, you know, from some other person filming. Mm-hmm something yeah exactly some nature show you could have plugged in there it was just an odd choice to cgi shit so yeah i i think but i hate shitty cgi 
I need to apologize to our listeners. Like I'm sitting here. I just don't have a lot to say because I just don't remember a lot about this movie because it was so bad that I, it was just mind numbingly. Like I got 20 minutes in and that singing scene that JJ was talking about with Morgan Freeman, and all those people, I was like, what is happening with this? And then, man, I just feel bad. I want to, I want to give you more bad things to say about this movie. But the, the worst thing I can say is I just don't remember. And if you've listened to us in these podcasts, I usually have a lot to say. I'm just sitting here wondering what more can I give? I think here here's my challenge to both of you, okay? Because I'm not I watching this movie again. No, 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 no listen, cuz <laughs> I I watched I mean like I said I watched the first one all the time. It's one of my very much guilty pleasures cuz I think it's a fan, it's a fantastic movie. The original Coming to America it is good. Seriously top 25 movies for me all time. Like I can watch it anytime. It's hilarious. It has one of the first and best post-credit scenes out there. Uh, it, it's just a great movie. So I had watched this probably a week and a half ago because I've been excited for this movie to come out. I challenge you, especially Ian, where you haven't seen the first one, you really should watch the first one because it's it's funny. And Matt, and I challenge you, you go back, watch the first JJ, one. I'll, I will watch it the first one with you. Sure, That'll I'll watch it with you guys anytime. You guys tell me when, we'll watch it. But go watch the first one, and then I challenge you to get, to watch the second one. No. At least give it, no, no, no. At least give it like 20 minutes into it, because I think what your problem is, is you haven't watched that movie in a while, so you're missing the connections that came, because the connections come right out the gate. And if you're if you're as big a fan of the first one, or if you're refreshed on the first one, then the connections are there, and, and it makes it a better movie. Or just like the first one and leave it at that because it is a very good movie. Oh, it's fantastic. But that's, I just can't like when you say that you like the first one and you hated the second one, it doesn't fit in my brain because it's the same movie in reverse over the top. It's but, not but it's not that much different. And they bring all the fan service back in. All the great highlights are there. So it's just like for me, I'm like, I coming, get why he and from a Bill and Ted, like, I would expect oh, you to God. say this. I'm not Look, surprised. Dude, that this is but your you opinion. didn't but you didn't like Bill and Ted, the original. So. I it was okay. But it's not the same thing. You're talking about a movie that you're saying is a great movie that the second one isn't that much different when you go Most back and watch them. Should never be made again, let alone 30 years later. See, and I think that's, I think it's your bias. I think your bias is showing, sir. I think that's, you're like, oh, it's a sequel to a movie that never should have been made. And you were, you were ready to shit on it before it ever got there. I think you got to oh, go back and watch it. were very low when I turned this movie on and they got lower as it tired me out on the couch. I had to like sit up to just get through it. And it was a bad day for me. I'm going to admit that to the audience. Could have been a bad day. It's been a hard, it's been a hard year. Could have been a bad day. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and chalk it up to something other than your movie watching skills, because as we've said, Bill and Ted's are only Bill and Ted's are only stretch from reality are our close matches. And for you to say that you love the first one and that the second one's bad, I just I think you're missing. Well, you did man. give Artemis Fallot too, and I gave it a point five. I mean, that, there's some deviation there too. That, that's that's a What's different. That? That's a standalone movie. I don't know the movie watching skills as a thing. Can you have skills in movie watching? You got to be able to eat the popcorn, drink the drink, grab some M and M's, and make sure you're still focused on the scene. Nah, that's what that's the problem with movie (laughs) watchers. All that eating and drinking shit—that's a waste of time. That shit's a distraction. Movie watching skills are being able to sit down and hone in onto the movie. Period. Yeah, I don't eat while I watch movies. I don't either, really. I drink. I do drink. Sometimes I drink alcohol. I don't ever fall. I just drink. I've never fallen asleep during a movie, but I was tired during that movie. I usually only fall asleep like on movies that I've watched before, and like I mean a lot. 
I never fall asleep on a first run because I'm very interested, even when the movie sucks, like in She Dies Tomorrow. Like, because that movie, like halfway through, I'm like, can I please fall asleep? Because my worst nightmare would be better than watching this movie. That's my worst recommendation of all time. The most misleading trailer I've ever seen. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. Terrible movie. But I did love this movie. And let's, let's talk about some highlights. So I was really glad to see the barbershop. And I love that they aged him because the barbershop to me is one of the best parts of the first film. And so when he walks in and they brought up the Kunta Kinte reference, like I was like, it's Kunta Kinte. And I just lost my shit. Like the whole time they were in there was just fantastic because that's some of the best scenes. Like in the first one, when they're arguing about Joe Lewis versus Muhammad Ali versus Cassius Clay, and they refuse to give credit to like, they're talking about Joe Lewis and then Rocky Martin. Marciano and then somebody else. Oh, there was another one. But then the other guys, y'all act like you never remember Cassius Clay. And then they refused to call it Muhammad Ali. And the little the little Jewish guys, like, if a man wants to be known as Muhammad Ali, you should call him Muhammad Ali. And then they're like, nah, he's Cassius to me. Fucking great part of the first movie. So when they brought it back, like, oh, I just loved it. It was so good. I think I I like much you like this movie, JJ. <laughs> oh. It's entertaining, man. It would be fun. I, JJ, I will admit, I could see myself watching this movie again with you just to see how much you laugh because you're just one of those people that you make movies funnier. And I would like this movie a little bit more with you around. Dude, I'm telling you, I was watching it late last night and I was by myself in my little game room here and I was like cackling out loud. And then there were parts that I was like, oh, that was a bad decision. Like you guys, that's not funny. But then when I was laughing, like I was laughing hard. And it was like, oh, it's great. And then they watch me watch this and I'm just like, okay, I'm a tough one to get to laugh though. I'm not like, I sometimes I wish I could laugh sooner, but what I feel like is when I laugh, it's very funny. I laugh a lot. But you're better for movies. Like you make movies. You're, you're the person I always like to watch movies with because it's just better. And I do like, I laugh at things that probably I shouldn't laugh at. And the funny part is I'll laugh at something and then I'll go, that's really not that funny, but it just hit me the right way. Like it's, it's one of those things where like, it's a terrible bit of comedy, but it was still kind of funny. Yeah. Like I laugh at things that I shouldn't laugh at, but it's, and I know I shouldn't. And I admit that I should. I was like, there's, that wasn't that funny, but I couldn't help myself because I enjoy laughing. Like I, I'm a, I love that shit, but. Yeah, I feel like Ian only laughs when he pulls out his alter ego, Ian Johnson. And, <laughs> and it's just like no holds bar. Well, we haven't pulled out the Ian Johnson joke in a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, Ian Johnson. I forgot about that I was, guy. That guy. I was sucks. trying to find that. I was trying to find that clip <laughs> to add it to the the outtakes, but I I think I got rid of it on accident. It's the intro of yeah. Ian Johnson. It was like one yeah. of the first, right? Yeah, we it was like doing it in the coffee. It might have been like nineteen. It might have been nineteen fourteen or nineteen eighteen, <laughs> whatever that movie. Yeah, it was early. It was our first or second recording. Yeah, it was early. 1917, whatever the shit that movie was. Long drawn out. What else do we have to say about this movie? Clearly not very much. I was going to say, I I don't know that you guys have much more to add. Like, I could talk about it all day long because, like, the parallels for me for the first one were great. Like, some of the moments were just fantastic. But the last thing I want to bring up about this movie, and then we can rate it, is I did also, like, there were two tie-ins that they brought in. So, in the first one, Lisa's dad, Mr. McDowell, the owner of McDowell's, he was a very he was a tough character in the first one because he he didn't like that his daughter was dating Akeem in the first one and then he did when he found out he was a prince. And then there was like this whole you know Akeem's dad comes in and insults Lisa. So there's this whole family thing. So I liked that he was there and that Akeem went to him. I really found it interesting that Akeem went back when he was struggling and was mopping the floors because he found like he was able to think through that. So it took him back to like one of his the things that he did. 
when he was in New York, you know, as a younger man that where he was finding himself. And then he got his advice from McDowell. And then the fact that McDowell brought up his mom, which sadly the actress has passed away. So she wasn't able to be involved, but his mom was like the one that made everything work out. Like she busted his dad's chops about being a dick and like he should and change the laws that he could marry a print, not a non princess. So I love that they brought her up and were able to tie her back into this movie. Cause she did play such a pivotal role in the first one. And then that, you know, that relationship between him and McDowell was still there. So I really enjoyed that again for me. It was, they just did such a good job of tying this movie to the first and I think if they could have just subtly toned down some of the over-the-top shit, I think it would have been a fantastic sequel instead of, in my opinion, a good one. Yeah, I could see where the the movie would benefit from having the mother there to kind of be like a grounding role with all the craziness going on. So I could, I could see that being a good addition. Another reason not to make the movie. <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's rate this thing. Matson, let's get you out of the way here, buddy. Go ahead, give it a yeah, rating. Solid one here, ladies and gentlemen. No surprises. It's it's a definite one. It's not close to a point five. Just want to make that explicitly clear. There, this is a movie. If you if you like the first one and maybe you remember more of it and you're more of JJ's type of humor and, and are readily available to laugh, uh, like I wish I could sometimes. You're probably like there, there's things you're gonna laugh at, and maybe I was just in a bad bad day bad mood bad couch cushion i was on i don't know but it just didn't really work for me it felt over the top it felt forced i liked the first one and just the jokes and the narrative much more than this one i just felt they should have stuck with the first one to not remake this so it's an, a solid one but if you like eddie murphy and arsenio hall i mean i think they're they're pretty on brand compared to the first one albeit just 30 years later i don't know i'm just cold in this movie it's a one i'm not watching this movie ever again unless unless I watch it at JJ's and Casey makes some really good food and I'm watching with him. It'll probably be better. And I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but JJ and I deviate here and it's one of those rare times. It's true. Yeah. I, I, if it's not obvious through the last 30 minutes of, of talking about this movie, I had a good time with it. I think it was a nice carryover from the initial movie. Like I've said a hundred times now that the first movie was one of my favorites. This movie was a nice extension. If you haven't seen the first one, I, I mean, to talk with you, Ian, I, I I mean, I'm glad that I got to see what you thought because I don't think this movie would be very good at all if you hadn't seen the first one. So, like, I don't, I have no problem with you struggling with that. Matson's a different story, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> because I don't think this movie would be great if you haven't seen the first one because it is such a direct lace in with the first movie. If you have seen the first one, you like this one, I definitely recommend it. I think you'll like it unless you like Matson and having a bad day sitting on the wrong side of the couch. I don't know, but it, it has enough tie-ins for me. And I love the the messages that carried over and, and mirrored in some ways, the original movie to Matson's point, Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, they were in rare form. It was like, I was picking up 30 years later and watching another movie, everything from the different characters that they played in the, the barbershop to the misogynistic priest to the, I mean, it's just, yeah, they picked up those characters. Like it was nothing. It was good to see them back in those roles. Some of the newcomers were really fun to watch. And to Ian's point, you know, even, even the big villain was great fun at times. They really made, <laughs> yeah, they really played into Wesley Snipes character a lot. And then, you know, even brought back some jokes from the first one with his daughter willing to do whatever, like almost word for word, what that 
character's aunt did with Eddie Murphy's character Akeem in the first one. So lots of carryover, lots of mirroring. I enjoyed it. Was it a perfect movie? Not even remotely close. It was over the top at times. A lot of forced comedy that didn't work to go along with the stuff that, in my opinion, did work. I think it's a middle-of-the-road movie. I'm going to give it a two and a half. I think it's worth watching if you love the first one like I did. If you haven't seen it, I would watch the first one first and then maybe not watch the second one if you don't like the first one because you won't like the second if you didn't like the first. So take it for what it's worth, but it's, you know, it's a middle of the road movie, but it's enjoyable for someone that like me that enjoys that first one. Ian, wrap us up, sir. You bet. So I, th- I thought you were going to rate it higher, JJ. I honestly did. So, I, yeah, but I, um, like I've kind of mentioned before, it was, it was a little too much for me. Um, I haven't seen the first one, so that's kind of the lens I was viewing it through. I felt like the, the over the top parts were so distracting, it distracted from the good parts. So it was just a little much in my eyes. There were, yeah. And there's a lot of things I didn't understand because I haven't seen the first one. So that probably didn't land, but I'm going to go with Matson. I'm going to do a one as well. Maybe that would change if I saw the first one and watch this other one again, but I don't know if I. If I watch the first one, I probably still won't watch this one again because <laughs> I don't want to live through it if it's bad. So, yeah, that's right. I said, yeah. And I, just to clarify, I would watch this. I'm probably if I the problem is, is that I can choose to watch the first or I can choose to watch the second. I will always choose to watch the first because it's a fantastic movie. Like, yeah, it's one of my favorites. We'll have to review it one of these days and make Ian watch it because it's great. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So I, I would I watch it again if you guys wanted to come over to my house and watch it. So you can watch me laugh at it. Absolutely, I'd watch it again. But if I had to choose, I'll always pick the first one before I'd watch this one again. So there's that. There's our rating. Didn't do as well as some movies in the past. It's okay. It's worth the watch. Like I said, if you've seen it before, or, you know, if you're not, didn't love it, I wouldn't watch this one. With that, next week, man, big movie next week, fellas. It is Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Snyder Four Cut. Four-hour movie. Four <laughs> hours worth of movie. I'm kind of sad I didn't find out about the leak, the accidental leak for with Tom and Jerry. Could have gotten that thing out of the way early, but yeah. So yeah, next week we'll be reviewing that one. That will be released on the 22nd of March. So keep that one on your calendars and uh, we'll look forward to talking about that one. All four hours of it. Cool. <laughs> with that, Matson, tell them where they can find us. Yeah. If you want to watch this movie and then come back and check us out. What's our verdict.com, Facebook, Instagram. Check us out on our YouTube channel as well for our spoiler freeze. We'd love to hear from you. Come leave us a review as well on Apple, Spotify, Ghana, Stitcher. Want to hear from you. Definitely. Appreciate that. Yeah. With that, we appreciate you tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.